It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Every absence is an opportunity. The opportunity that Franz Wagner has to take advantage of, plus the three-point surge and Good Jonathan Isaac injury news? I know, crazy, right? It's on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Magic today is February 27th, 2024. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at Orlando Magic Daily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to chat about the way Franz Wagner needs to grow. If Pelican Care is going to miss a little bit of time, he may or may not, we'll find out. The where Franz Wagner can expand his game and where he's actually been really good this year. We'll get to that. Plus the Magic's three-point surge and some good Jonathan Isaac injury news to report. Very, very rare. We'll get to that coming up here in just one. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, um, and, and, and I, I want to thank you know people on Twitter for, for holding me accountable sometimes. You know, I think I think... I, I think you, when we're having discussions online, um, you know, I'll make observations in the moment that maybe we project two bigger issues, but but are not always meant to be bigger issues. But I, I will admit this. We have not talked enough about Franz Wagner uh, this season. Um, he's had a really good year. Uh, and I, I want to reiterate that before we get to anything else. Franz Wagner's been really good. All of his numbers, except for shooting numbers, are up this season. 20.8 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 4.1 assists per game. I have been really impressed with how he has looked to explore and and expand his game, his willingness to be more aggressive. Um, Again, every single one of his numbers, every single thing that we care about in in seeing Franz become the next level has increased. And and obviously since coming back uh, from the ankle injury, he's Generally played a lot better. Twenty uh, Again, the stats are about the same. 20.6 points per game, 5.1 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game. But his shooting's back up to where we expected. 49.8% shooting, 36.3% from three, 84.7% from the foul line. If there's any reason to be disappointed, it's that the efficiency has dropped as he's tried to do more. And again, I think a big theme for this year and something that's okay is we want... You know, 
Paolo, we want Franz to still have the freedom to make mistakes. The reason why you don't make that big all-in trade yet is we still don't know what these guys can do, and, and we want to give them the space to explore their games. And so uh, uh, let's let's just preface everything we're going to talk about here to say I'm really happy with how Franz has played because he's shown us he can increase his scoring. You know, we're going to have our first, you know, the Magic are going to have their first pair of 20-point-per-game scorers since Shaq and Penny in 1996. It's, it's really exciting. Um, there's, there are a few close calls in there. Um, you know, Guido had 19.9 in 2008. Shamir had 19.9 in 2009. Um, there, there have been a few close calls along the way, but, you know, the Magic have two legitimate primary scorers, two, two guys who can legitimately get you 30 on any given night between Paolo and Franz. And so Franz has taken some major leaps forward. It, it, it may not always feel like it, but this has been a, a great season for experimentation. And, and, you know, Franz talked about it on the on the old man in the three. He's still learning the best ways to attack and get to the basket and how to keep defenses on his hip. He's been purposeful about trying to get to the foul line more, which, you know, again, maybe not at the level that, that we want him to get there, especially with how good he is at getting to the basket. But he has gotten to the foul line more, and obviously he's a very accomplished free throw shooter. I, I wanted to... Sit back, though, and reevaluate Franz a little bit because there's something that I said yesterday. Um, and people called me out on it a little bit. And again, I, I appreciate the perspective and, 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 and I'm very much for calling me out. Like, hey, if I, you know, don't be mean about it, I, I'm open to having my opinion change and hoping to reevaluating things. What we see in the moment is different than what we think about in, 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 on replay. Um, but Sunday night with Palo out was a big opportunity. And, you know, I, I told everyone this Sunday was not the night to draw conclusions. Like don't, don't make broad sweeping statements after Sunday night. Honestly, like the way the magic played on Sunday didn't tell us anything about, uh, tell us anything we didn't already know. We know this is a young team that struggles on back-to-backs. Um, that excuse exists. They're trying to shed that excuse. They're trying to stop that excuse. We know that they're going to struggle in those areas, and, and it's something they have to improve on. It's The point guard issue was very apparent. Um, I would argue that one of the problems the Magic has is everyone's really good at the roles assigned to them when everyone's healthy, but you take out a big piece of the puzzle. You, you take out a, a base layer on the Jenga tower, and if you don't go for a piece on the bottom of the Jenga tower you're do, on the first move, you're doing it wrong. Um, the whole thing topples, and, and it, it topples too easily. Um, again, when you're playing Jenga, always take a piece from the bottom. Don't be a coward. Um, to me, one of the issues that I saw was, yeah, Franz was aggressive, was plenty aggressive. Um, you know, I think he was, uh, uh, what was, what did he shoot in the game? Hold on. Let me dip. Um, seven for 16 from the floor, but this was an opportunity for him to do more. And I think this is what, this is a point that I was trying to get at. And again, not a game to draw huge conclusions. With Paolo out, not Paolo struggling, but Paolo out. Because when Paolo's struggling, he's still attracting a lot of attention. And not that Franz doesn't attract attention too, but their play styles are very different. Um, and, and that's another point I, I'm, I, I try to get across. With Paolo out, the Magic needed Franz to elevate his game. They needed to see him take on more of that mantle. 
to take 16 shots, that's about what he should be averaging. You know, Paolo should be around 20. Franz should be a little bit more than 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. Paolo should probably be at like 18, 19, 20. Um, to, to have him not take as many shots. It's not that it's concerning. It's, it is it is what it is. Um, uh, Franz still had a solid game. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. But it wasn't the game the Magic needed from their lead player. And we got to give a lot of credit to the Hawks defense. They did a good job crowding him. They, they sent him some doubles that maybe he doesn't usually see. Um, they, they they really did a good job playing physically on him. I thought Jalen Johnson played some great defense on him. DeAndre Hunter played some great defense on him. He was missing some shots short that he normally makes. He missed some free throws that would have helped him out a little bit. Um, he missed two free throws on a on a on a three shot foul, which was really really weird and really really bad in, in a game where the Magic made eight of eighteen free throws. Um, we just want to see Franz do more. Look, at the end of the day, the Magic were plus six with Franz on the floor. The, the Magic were better with him on the floor. And, and where he picked up his fourth foul in that third quarter, I wouldn't call it decisive, but it was a major factor in that game. And so there's a lot of things that Franz just had to do to be smart. Because for the rest of the game, he, after scoring 12 of his 19 points in the first quarter, Franz struggled to get downhill. Franz was three for 10 the rest of the game and only three for six at the rim in the restricted area the rest of the game. In fact, when you look at it, where Franz has to really grow next is he has to become a three-level scorer. Um, he has to find, you know, he and he's talked about this, so it's, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy or saying anything new. Where Franz grows next is being able to really control a defense. It's something that Paolo has learned how to do very, very quickly. He may not be as efficient, um, but that mid-range jumper has become a huge weapon for him. He is at least respectable enough on threes that teams have to have to bother with him. Franz is basket or bust or three-pointer. Uh, and when you look at his numbers, 95% of his shots are either in the paint or beyond the arc. He is an analytics dream. And, and that's why, he, you know, one of the reasons he rates so highly on the analytics. He shoots 39.1% of his shots in the restricted area and 31.4% of his shots from beyond the arc. If you add in shots in the paint outside of the restricted area, 64.1% of his shots are coming in the paint. That's a credit to Franz. Don't change that. Be aggressive. Get to the basket. Absolutely. Where he's got to improve is he's taken a step back this year with his efficiency uh, and his percentages finishing at the rim. That's that's where he's lost a lot of his percentages, actually. I mean, he's struggled to shoot from three this year, too. But um, that's where he's lost a lot of his percentages. And that's fine. As you increase volume, you expect a decrease in efficiency. That's fine. There's still plenty of areas and space for him to grow. And, and again, I think it's really, really important that he has that space to grow. But this is something that the Magic have kind of force-fed Paolo that maybe they haven't force-fed Franz as much. And so if Paolo has to miss Tuesday's game, and he's listed as questionable for Tuesday's game, if Paolo has to miss another game or two to just get over this illness, and that's really important because they need Paolo, um, this is where we need to see Franz grow. Is... 
A, having a more aggressive mindset, which he has had this year. I've been really impressed with that. Have a more aggressive mindset, but also look for, understand the balance of being the main guy. Understand the balance of knowing when to attack, when to get to the basket, when to hit that mid-range jumper to keep defenses honest, when to move the ball, when to attack to pass, when to attack to drive, when to get to the foul line. These are all things that you only learn through experience. And so in this way, I am comfortable saying Paolo missing a few games is not necessarily bad for Franz's development. It's bad for the playoff chase because the Magic need wins. But I want to see Franz grow in in this way, in this area. And it'll be interesting to see what he takes from this experience from the playoffs that are coming up that are going to really expose the holes in his game. It's going to be interesting to see how this helps him evolve. The one good news, and it was actually even good news in the game against the Hawks, although there's some bad news there, the Magic are on a three-point surge, what the numbers say, and why it goes against what you might think. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver who likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class executive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. You can also check out the 2024 Nissan Armada. It's going to change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in a first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Check it out today at shopnissanusa.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day. Every day, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube 
and now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every lead. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Okay, we talk about it a ton. It's always on the tip of our tongues. It's always the big thing. It is still the biggest need the Magic have. Everything I'm going to say does not change that. Shooting makes your life easier. The Magic needs shooting. I'm not here to dissuade that. I'm not here to say that shouldn't be the focus moving forward. The Magic needs shooting. They're one of the worst shooting teams in the league, although they've climbed to 25th now in three-point field goal percentage. And the reason they've climbed being from one of the two worst teams in three-point field goal percentage and out top now outside of the bottom five is because over the last 11 games as the magic have gone eight and three Orlando is suddenly hitting threes at an I wouldn't say alarming but at a very steady rate the magic are shooting 40.1 percent from deep the fourth best mark among teams in their last 11 games so much of the magic shooting problems um as as I have noted has simply been they just need to make the dang shots. I wish there was something more complicated about it. In the last 11 games, the Magic have five rotation players shooting better than 40% on threes. That's Joe Ingles shooting 51.9%. Gary Harris shooting 47.8%. He sh- he's not on the injured list, should be available to play on Tuesday. Wendell Carter shooting 41.7%. Our guy Paolo Bancaro out of his slump with 40.5%. And Jonathan Isaac at 40%. Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony are actually sitting at 393 and 39.1% in their last 11 games. Again, so much of the Magic shooting problems have been about volume and just making dang shots. But here's the thing. Um, the Magic aren't necessarily making more threes. Yes, their success and, and some of the things they built on are based on them making more shots or making shots more efficiently, the threes they are taking, they're making. But this has been the contradiction of the whole thing. The Magic are actually shooting fewer threes than they have at any point in the season. And this is a team that's already 29th in the league in three-point field goal attempts per game with 31.1 per game. The Magic offense is still nothing much to write write home, about 114.6 points per 100 possessions. But they are better. They are better. And it's hard to reconcile this. You know, the Magic are 28th in the league. They're not second worst, they're third worst. 28th in the league with 31.1 three-point attempts per game, but their offense has improved. They're making more threes, making about the same threes as they do on average anyway, but doing so on fewer attempts. In their last 11 games, the Magic are taking only 29 three-point attempts per game. Here's a fun little stat factoid for you. At this point, the Magic taking 33 pointers feels like it's too much. When the Magic take 35 three pointers in the game this season, they are just four in 16. Now, over the last 11 games, there has been no noticeable difference between the Magic getting to the paint more, scoring more in the paint. There's been no noticeable difference in the quality of their three-point shots. They're still shooting the same number of open threes, wide open threes. They're shooting at better percentages now, but relatively the same numbers. Still about 90% 
of all their three-pointers come with the closest defender more than four feet away. This has never been the problem for the Magic. The quality of their three-point shots has been pretty good. They've just missed them. So again, I wish there was a more complicated... I wish there was a more complicated thing to tell you or a more complicated answer here or a more complicated analysis. The Magic just needed to make some shots. Like, again, like, I, 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 I wish I could explain it better. I wish I could tell you that... I wish I could tell you something more complicated. They just needed to make some shots. And the Magic are doing that right now. So what we're trying to figure out is whether this is something that's sustainable and whether the Magic actually do need to change something. Because again, the offense is still nothing to write home about. In their last 11 games, they rank uh, they rank 17th in the league. They're making more shots. Great. What might actually be happening, though, is the Magic are playing a lot slower. The possessions are lower. And when the possessions slow down, when, when there's fewer possessions, making the same number of threes on fewer attempts has a greater impact. And, and the Magic's pace possessions for 48 minutes over the last several weeks, several months really, has been inching lower. They are playing, they, they you know, as much as they want to get out in transition and want to play at fast break and play with pace and all that stuff, they are doing a, they're being much more deliberate with how they execute their offense and, and limiting their possessions. So this is the ultimate question. This is the ultimate thing that the Magic have to figure out. Is their shooting sustainable? Because if they shoot 40%, and, and look, they shot 14 for 38 in the game against the Hawks. That's not, you know, not a killer percentage, but it was a better percentage and more threes than Atlanta actually uh, shot in that game. I, I've argued this for a while. This is a low-volume three-point shooting team. And if you're going to be a low-volume three-point shooting team, you need to make a high percentage of your threes. That's what Denver does. But I've always I've argued with people, it's it's the three-pointers aren't the problem for the Magic. Like they like it lowers the margin for error. It makes it harder for them to compete and harder for them, especially to come back if they're down. If they're competitive, they're fine. Um it leaves them susceptible to hot shooting teams like we saw from Brooklyn in the first two games. But I've always felt like that wasn't the problem. Um, and we saw Sunday, you know, I don't think 35 is some magic number. Um, you know, the magic tend to shoot, play worse and lose games when they shoot more threes. That to me signifies that they're not getting in the paint. You know, they took 38 threes against Atlanta. They were 21 for 42 in the paint. They only scored 42 points in the paint. They average around 52, 53 per game. I would argue if the Magic get to 55 points in the paint per game, that's more indicative that they're going to win win a game. So, you know, there, there's a push and pull. And, and as our friend, as my friend Evan Dunlap pointed out, I wonder if this is a chicken or an egg problem. Are they shooting more threes because they're down trying to catch up? Are they shooting more three? You know, I would argue they're shooting more threes because they're not attacking enough. Um, and again, most of their good threes come from kickouts, you know, come from, you know, almost all of their threes are assisted. Um, you know, again, let me, let me get the numbers here. Um, in the last 11 games, 109 of the team's 128 three-pointers are assisted. You know, they're not averaging any more assists. Um, you know, 25.9 per game in the last 11 from 24.9 for the season. They need to assist on their threes. 
Their threes come from spot-ups, from kick-outs, all that stuff, catch-and-shoots. If this is sustainable, the Magic are a different team. If they're shooting 40% from three, they are a different team. Are they going to gain respect from the defense for that? We're going to find out. Right now, the Magic are making teams pay for their three point, with their three-point shooting. And that does open things up. Again, it, it doesn't change the Magic's needs. 11 games is not 50, or not 60. We played 60 games at this point. No, uh, no, we haven't. I forget how many games we played. It's There are 27 games left, so it's 58 games. 11 games is not 58. It's a small sample. It's a significant sample, but it's, it's not big enough to draw conclusions. And so the Magic still need shooting. The Magic still need all that stuff. They probably still need a volume shooter because, again, their issue is they don't shoot enough threes. I know that sounds blasphemous, and I think for this team, hovering around 33-point attempts per game is probably the right thing. But if they're going to compete seriously, they're probably going to need a volume three-point shooter. They're going to need a guy that takes seven or eight threes per game and makes three of them a night. That's fine. You know, they're going to need a guy like that. Um, But for now, for this group, we're going to find out whether this team can push forward, and, and that will be the ultimate question. There was some news that came down on Monday, some good news. We'll talk about Jonathan Isaac's injury and the impact he makes on the floor. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's podcast, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can start to get to you. It's important to let it out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life and ultimately there to back you up, to support you. Sometimes with tough love, sometimes with real talk, but ultimately in your corner looking out for your best interest. So today, you know, I want to say that it's okay to let things off your chest. It's okay. You know, like I said, I, I like being a sounding board. I don't mind you calling me out. I don't mind people pointing out my blind spots. Please, you know, I crowdsource. I'm here for you. And sometimes, you know, for me, being of service to other people, as much as I love it, as much as I, as much as I need to do it for you, as much as I feel a responsibility to you, sometimes you need to be of service to yourself. And sometimes you need to take a moment, step back from everything and take care of yourself, whether that's getting some extra sleep, whether that's doing something for yourself and, and, and being, being there. So I want to tell you that I am giving you permission to do something for yourself. Maybe that matters. Maybe that doesn't. Therapy can be different for everyone. And I know I go to therapy. It helps me get things off my chest. It helps me talk and think about issues that I'm dealing with, with someone who ultimately is going to sometimes call me out on my BS, but, but also sometimes back me up and tell me that I'm doing the right thing. And and sometimes we all need that affirmation. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team as much as we stress about the playoff chase, Heater playing and winning against the Kings behind me here. It's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on NBA. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Orlando Magic got, frankly, the best news possible on Monday. Um, you know, I, I I think every Magic fan felt the same way uh, late in the first quarter on Sunday when, when Jonathan Isaac ran into, I believe it was Jalen Johnson, but ran into a, a Hawks player, uh, bu- you know, got bumped, slipped, and his knee kind of gave out on him. Like, he slipped on a spot. His knee took an awkward turn. Um, and immediately he went down and grabbed the, the infamous left knee. Um, we all, you know, we all know how hard Jonathan Isaac has worked to get back to this point. Um, we all know how hard he has worked to just be able to play basketball again. And 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 I hope we all respect that work and and respect him as, as a player, even if he's not the player that, that everyone thought they were drafting again just so long ago. Uh, and for him to leave that game, and thankfully he walked off under his own power, for him to leave that game with just a knee strain is, it feels like a miracle. Um, you know, I, when the injury happened, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. It, it, it just, you know, I, I get the abundance of caution. Um, but the MRI came back Monday and the Magic reported there was no structural damage to the knee. He will remain questionable for Tuesday's game with what they are describing as a knee strain. Um, which is, you know, vague enough to keep him out, but you know, not you know, it, it, it it's it's fortunate that's all it was. Knowing the history, knowing Jonathan's history, injury history, how long Jonathan Isaac will be out is anybody's guess. He could play Tuesday, to be perfectly honest. I, it would not surprise me if he is available to play on Tuesday. If 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 it's not so bad, more likely he is going to sit out the game. Uh, and and just get that extra couple days of recovery, especially now that the Magic are home for the week for this three-game homestand through Sunday. Um, it is it is frankly a relief that this is that this is how things turned out. And so I, for one, am really really happy. Uh, you know, and obviously relieved just as, as as someone who knows Jonathan. You know. Relative, you know, has been around him for a long time. Just I know the work that he's put in, and and how much just playing has meant to him, and how much it means to his teammates. Um, the numbers tell us how important Isaac is. Because say what you want about him, he makes a real impact on the floor. In a 590 minutes across 40 games this season, the Magic have a 100.1 defensive rating when Isaac is on the floor. Let me repeat that. The Magic are a very good defense, a top five defense in the league at 112.2 points per 100 possessions. When Jonathan Isaac's on the floor, they give up 101.1 points per 100 possessions. Unless you think that the offense takes a dip with him in there, the Magic have a 113 offensive rating, 112.9 when Isaac's on the floor. They have found a way, and they have figured out a way 
to make Isaac impactful, even when he is, even though he is still a bit rough offensively, you know, shots inconsistent, you know, he's still finding his way. And, And I'm a big proponent of give him a healthy summer. We have not seen a healthy summer from Jonathan Isaac since 2019. Give him a healthy summer and let's see what happens in this game. Magic are not giving up on Jonathan Isaac here. More than that, if you look further at the numbers, opponents, according to NBA.com's tracking stats, which, you know, defensive numbers can be a little wonky, opponents shoot 40.5% against Jonathan Isaac. That is 7.6 percentage points worse than expected. Isaac is still a defensive monster. He is still someone the Magic trusts to get big stops. They, they are looking and trying to find excuses to stretch his minutes and play him in clutch situations when they need stops. We've talked about the Magic going with their big lineup, and, and you need to come up with a fun name for that lineup. Um, we talked about them going to that big lineup and that win over Minnesota. This is what the Magic ideal is. Because Isaac can guard anybody and be a truly dominant defender. And when we think about the playoffs, when we think about playoffs, when we think about the playoffs and what the Magic are going to do and what the Magic are going to look like in the postseason, this is part of that equation. This is part of what the Magic are trying to build. Isaac's going to be a big factor in the postseason, one way or another. You know, he is going to turn a game, either in the Magic's favor or give the Magic a chance to steal a game somewhere down the line. He is that good still defensively. And so this is just incredibly good news. Hopefully Isaac is not out very long. Um, He's questionable again for Tuesday's game, so he could play Tuesday. Uh, But everyone held their breath. And thankfully, those prayers were answered. And Isaac should be just fine for the rest of the season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, at patreon.com slash Hub. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, bearing with us during our audio migration. If you're watching this on YouTube, you, there's no disruption to the YouTube service. We are always on YouTube at youtube.com slash at LockedOnMagic or just search for Locked on Magic. For those of you that are audio listeners, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, if there are any slowdowns or any disruptions to your audio experience, I know as we made the migration, some episodes from last week uh, were pulled and then reposted. Um, I know there are some issues on spot. I was, I was just keeping track of some things throughout the day. I know there were some issues with Spotify uh, playlists. Um, I apologize as well. I know how I organize my podcast. Uh, some of your podcasts that were previously marked played may not be marked played anymore. Um, and if you do subscribe to the RSS feed, uh, you will need to get, uh, you will need to subscribe to a new RSS feed that, that, that is an unfortunate part of the migration as well. Um, so go to lockedonpodcast.com. Go to my page. The new R, R, the new RSS feed is on the Locked On Magic page uh, as well. So if you download through other means, you should be fine. Um, but uh, if you do use the RSS feed, uh, I do believe you'll need to download. I do believe you'll need to subscribe or follow a new RSS feed. And and there there have been some issues with some of the RSS feeds as well. 
should be solved relatively soon. Uh, I think the migration is mostly over at this point, but uh, minimal minimal impact for you, my listeners. But uh, unfortunately, I do have to. I, I do want to announce that part as well. But that's going to do it for me today. Done with the announcements. Done with all that stuff. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. On our next episode of Locked On Magic, we'll recap the Magic's game against the Brooklyn Nets as the Magic begin a critical three-game homestand as they continue the stretch of seven straight games against teams with losing records. They're currently one and one. I think we were expecting five and two or six and one out of the stretch. Going to be really, really important. So we'll assess the standings before the Magic take on the Knicks and Pacers in back-to-back games. Um, so, you know, this is a big stretch leading into probably the two most important games on the schedule at New York next Friday, one week from Friday, at Indiana, one week from Sunday. So, or at home versus Indiana, excuse me, one week from Sunday, two humongous games. Put the, put those on your radar. Again, we got to pack, we got to pack the Kia Center for that game against Indiana. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.